Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. I'm Michelle Martin. Asia Pacific shares are trading sharply higher this morning as investors applaud headlines from Beijing and Washington alike, as well as a strong rally on Wall Street overnight. In Tokyo, the Nikkei is up three and a half percent. Seoul is trading nearly two percent higher. Sydney is in the green as well. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good Thursday morning, Ryan Huang. Morning, Michelle. Investors need to be looking in all directions this morning towards Washington and the Fed, to Moscow to see if it defaults on Russia's debts and in the direction of Hong Kong and Beijing, where an abrupt shift in policy has sparked a big rally. Let's start with that rally. China stocks listed in Hong Kong enjoyed their best rally in nearly 15 years. Frantic buying led the Hang Seng China Enterprise Index to close up more than 12%. The Hang Seng Index rose 9%. What did Chinese officials say to spark all this buying? Yeah, a lot of uh, confidence-boosting words coming through. And if you look at the reports on Xinhua News Agency, the state news agency, uh, that's a lot for Chinese investors to cheer. And among them is support for overseas listings for Chinese companies. So that seemed to give some confidence that maybe the clamp down on that part of the um, business is maybe bottoming out and talking about clamp down. Uh, in that report, there was also some talk about how there is going to be um, regulators completing as soon as possible the crackdown on internet platform companies. So on that front as well, we could be seeing things easing up. And if uh, you also have authorities talking about working towards stability in Hong Kong's financial markets, as well as the struggling real estate sector. So across the board, you've got Chinese officials. It looks like a bit of a coordinated move, just a sharp confidence. And I think that really... Um, Pent through with the Hang Seng Index, for example, surging 9% and overseas or rather overnight on Wall Street, we saw the likes of Alibaba Group and JD.com up over 30%. So markets or these Chinese stocks bouncing back with the latest news. Among the biggest gainers yesterday, JD.com jumped 36%. Alibaba shares, as you say, rose 27%. By the way, my guests were, was talking about accumulating Alibaba shares just before this 27% rise yesterday in the morning. So uh, he actually texted me to share that happy piece of news. <laughs> uh, property stocks also enjoyed their best performance in a decade. Now, among the changes announced amid Beijing's promise to stabilize market is support for overseas listings. And we see some evidence of this already with three mainland firms unveiling plans to list their shares in Switzerland. Tell us more. Yeah, so this involves an engineering machinery maker, a battery producer, and a medical equipment maker. So they are unveiling plans to list on the Swiss exchange. And this is all part of how Beijing is reaffirming its support of offshore listings. And this is in line with how uh, these three companies say they aim to sell global depository receipts in Switzerland to fund their global expansion. And they say they are answering government's calls to strengthen connectivity between Chinese and European capital markets. And that overseas listing will help them to broaden their financing channels and improve corporate governance. So that seems to be um, an answer to um, what the government is calling for. 
Beijing may be encouraging overseas listings for its companies again, but that doesn't mean that everyone is on the same page. In fact, U.S. regulators are still signaling a hard line on audit requirements for Chinese companies. In fact, they've stripped a Chinese telecommunications company called Pacific Networks of its telecoms license. What's the latest on this front? Okay, so you've got that happening um, still. A lot of uh, regulation clamped down from the U.S. So that is uh, something to really keep note of. Um, So you've got the U.S. authorities uh, asking for auditing details because they still want to poke into the accounts of all these Chinese companies. Um, But for now, it looks like Chinese officials are cooperating with the U.S. regulators to um, by saying they will actively en- be engaging with the U.S. authorities to give them what they want. But it is um, a sign that Chinese companies are not completely out of the woods when it comes to the um, clamp down from regulators, not just in China, but also outside of China. Washington previously revoked the permits of China Telecom, China Unicom, and the Federal Comms Commission has now given 60 days to Pacific Networks and its subsidiary ComNet to cut service. So uh, Biden again pressing ahead with his strategy, showing that he's, uh, you know, intent on confronting China broadly in line with the moves of his predecessor, Donald Trump. Let's turn to market action now, Ryan. The Hang Seng Index trading back above the 20,000 level again, but despite yesterday's 9% jump. It is still down 30% over the past year. So tell us, what is your take on Chinese and Hong Kong stocks? Do you think they bottom out? If you like riding roller coasters, (laughs) maybe you could be in for this because it is like a roller coaster. It goes up and down and it's quite sensitive to headlines. And you also have to remember, Mm. a lot of the Chinese Stocks are moved by retail investors. Mm -hmm. A huge retail crowd is behind the movements in Chinese markets. So that's why, for some reason, or one, that's one of the reasons why we see um, them being so headline sensitive. So that's one thing to consider. And also, uh, we've seen how the Chinese authorities have been on a broad approach towards clamping down or at least revamping many of the sectors. So that is still playing out. So you still have those issues to contend with. Uh, And besides that, you've got the growth trajectory in China that is expected to come in at a slower pace than in many past decades. Uh, And of course, with the COVID lockdown still playing out, that is another headwind. So you still have all those issues to grapple with. Um, So it's still quite difficult to say things have turned the corner for Chinese stocks. In the meantime, for US stocks, we're going to cover why Jim Cramer thinks Nasdaq and S&P 500 could be days away from bottoming, according to the charts he's seen. So we'll talk about that in a while. But let's turn to Washington broadly, where the US Federal Reserve has raised interest rates for the first time since 2018. The big question for markets was whether or not this hike would be a quarter percent or a half percent. Ryan, which was it? All right, so we got a quarter percent. That seemed to be what a lot more people were expecting after all the issues cropped up ahead of the meeting with the Ukraine war just sending prices even higher and causing more worries for the outlook for the economy. So the trick here was to balance it just enough so that he is able to address inflation as well as not derail the recovery of the economy too much. So Mm -hmm. he is pretty much doing a bit of a balancing act here. So on top of that, quarter percentage point hike. He has penciled in six more hikes this year. So pretty much one hike at every meeting. So that's coming up. So something I think our investors um, pretty much expected. And looking at what we have in terms of reaction, it looks like Marcus um, did 
capture what they saw. Yeah. If we look at the Fed's projections, they are expecting to raise rates to 2.8% by the end of next year. Five Fed officials think that rates will top 3%. This is significantly higher than previous forecasts. But markets love the news. Normally, they'd sell off. The Nasdaq jumped 3.8% overnight. The S&P 500 closed up more than 2%. So what do you think Powell said uh, that was music to investors' ears? Okay, so I think the initial statement and the rate hike uh, did come across as more hawkish than I expected. And that saw a bit of a knee-jerk reaction with the markets starting a session in the red. And then as investors started to digest the statement in fuller detail and also hear the press conference for the um, language and the signals, they took it in their stride and figured out that, hey, maybe the Fed is confident enough of the fundamentals in the economy that they are able to raise rates in the coming meetings. Mm. So that puts the US economy on a good footing, at least um, on their outlook. So that seemed to give a boost to investors. uh, And we saw markets really swinging back into the green. And Fed Chair Jerome Powell also acknowledged a couple of things. Of course, the Ukraine, Ukraine war will be one to watch in terms of how it plays out. Uh, and he recognized the upward inflationary pressures on that front. He also talked about how uh, every meeting is going to be a live meeting in the sense that things are not locked in. It's going to be dependent on the data towards those meetings. Mm-hmm. So it is constantly evolving according to the conditions. So that kind of gave a signal that the Fed will remain flexible and will dial back accordingly or be more aggressive as needed. The Fed uh, signaling that it has control of inflation, um, you know, I think it needs to signal that it has credibility in this area. Prior to this morning, one of the big concerns has been that the US economy could be headed towards stagflation with both rising prices and a shrinking economy. Powell seems to have put these concerns at bay. Do you agree that the risks of a hard landing are off the table for now? Okay, so it is quite tough to call even though, even within the FOMC. And you pointed out some of the projections earlier. On average, you've got the rate expectations for this year. Uh, inflation is raised from four point from 2.6% to 4.3%. And we talk about the rate hikes coming through, about six of them. So that is seeing... Uh, quite a widespread of um, expectations when it comes to um, FOMC committee members, what type of eventual rates will be seen by the end of this year. So Mm. on a whole, the committee sees rates rising to 2.8% by 2023. But if you look into the details, one member sees it near 1.5% at the end of this year. Then you've got a crowd of others talking about crossing 3%. So you can see a bit of a divergence when it comes to the outlook of the economy and where rates need to be. So it is a reflection of how things are so uh, dicey right now because you still have the Ukraine war possibly triggering a slower European economic outlook in um, the years to come. So that will be an, an impact for US companies as well. So for now, it looks like the Fed is giving enough confidence to markets that things are under control, but it is a long way from giving the green light or at least uh, the all clear for markets right now. So you mentioned possible impact in terms of Europe, but what do higher rates in the US mean for us here in Singapore? Are we likely to see our interest rates rise as well? Yeah, that's for sure. I've been you know, 
servicing your mortgage, you have seen your banks sending you letters that interest rates are going up and they've been revised upwards. So banks will be enjoying higher margins and you would have likely seen them raise their rates. So for NIMS or net interest margins, that's going to be good news for banks. Um, also great news for those who have to borrow money and pay them back as well. So that's something to watch out for. Um, but it looks like, by and large, the fundamentals of the economy in most places will see business activity tick up higher. So it could be just offset by you know, strong growth in the various sectors, offsetting those um, higher interest rates. The higher cost of capital. At the top of the show, I mentioned three big areas of focus for markets this morning. We've covered Beijing and Washington, but what about Moscow? The fear of a sovereign debt default has been weighing on markets and Russia was to make a payment on Wednesday do we know what happened? <laughs> no. <laughs> so we have not gotten any official details that they have actually managed to pay up. And going by that sign, it doesn't look like they paid up. So no word yet that they have been able to pay. Uh, of course, this is around how um, sanctions are on Russia. They can't touch their foreign currency. So dollar bonds, they can't pay back in dollars. They have a lot of rubles, but nobody really wants to hold on to rubles. So they have... 30 days to unwind this mess, but mm. it does not look like it is going to be turning around. Uh, and of course, uh, you've got $117 million of interest on two bonds that need to be settled. So by the next 30 days, they will officially go into default if they can't pay up. Can you imagine if you had $159 million outstanding uh, on any sort of agreement with a bank and then you decided to go radio silent? Can you imagine the ramifications? It can be quite scary if you are you know, on the books for so much. But I guess it's going to be a bit of a, you know, who blinks first? Will the creditors compromise and accept other collateral, maybe rubles, Chinese yuan, or whatever other things they might put on the table? So that's going to be something to watch out for. Who's going to be um, um, bending backwards first? That default's still on the table for Russia. We're going to keep a close eye on that, whether or not Russia has defaulted and whether it's tried to pay its dollar-denominated debts with rubles instead. All right, next up, corporate news. And for this, it's time for Up or Down. Ryan and I open our books. Are you ready? Let's go. Starbucks, up or down? All right, Starbucks is an up for me. Mm. And it could be third time, maybe lucky for Starbucks because Howard Schultz, the founder, is coming back as CEO. Wow. Interim CEO. Because mm. the current one, Kevin Johnson, is stepping down next month or retiring next month. Up for me as well. In the back of that news, Starbucks shares jump 7% on the news. US Airlines, up okay, or down? Okay, that's an up for me. And this is around a brighter outlook coming through from a few of them. Mm -hmm. And that is seeing them just um, look at the confidence where you've got travel coming back, at least domestically in the US. So that seems to be outweighing those high oil prices for US airlines. Yeah, a lot of conviction behind the numbers. Airline ticket sales exceeding a 2019 milestone. So airline tickets in the US have rebounded to pre-pandemic levels. Travelers spent about 6.6 .6 billion US dollars on domestic US flights last month. All right, let's look at Property Guru. Okay, this is an up for me and they are set to make a debut on the Nasdaq exchange mm -hmm. after their investors approve their merger with a SPAC, Bridgetown 2 Holdings. Yeah, Property Guru will start trading on the New York Stock Exchange tomorrow. It is an up for me. Locally listed AEI Corp. Hmm, 
<laughs> this is, um, I guess, mostly an up for me. Yeah. So AEI has rebranded or renamed itself uh, to Ascent Bridge. And it is, in a way, diversifying into the alcoholic beverage business with the acquisition of MTBL Global. So this is around this Chinese liquor called Mao Tai. And it has the distributor rights, exclusive rights to distribute them outside of mainland China. So maybe it could help them get out of where they are right now, which is the SJX watch list. Indeed. Uh, it's hard to call. AEI is changing its name to Ascent Bridge and expanding its business with the purchase of an alcohol company called MTBL Global. It is, as you say, still on that SGX watch list, though. I'm going to give this one a cautious up. Let's look at the shipping company we were talking about all last year, Evergreen, back in the news. Yeah, this is a bit of a deja vu. So <laughs> Evergreen is back again in the form, or at least the bad news. Ever Forward is the other ship that is now currently grounded in Chesapeake Bay near Baltimore. So another ship under the same company almost a year after that big Suez Canal traffic jam. So it is uh, still blocking or rather still in trouble right now. And no signs yet that it is going to be okay yet. I think the lesson here is, you know, don't tempt fate. It's called Ever Forward. Rethink what you name your ships, Evergreen. Definitely a down. A year after that, Suez blockage rattled global markets and supply chains. So another Evergreen ship has run aground this time uh, near the U.S. state of Virginia, Chesapeake Bay. So Ryan, what do you think of this? Two ships running aground in two years. Should Evergreen maybe pivot into Motai? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's one of the reasons why they are in this spot anyway. Some people were not... Focusing on their jobs. <laughs> Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 23 minutes into the local trading day. Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding led the Straits Times Index higher yesterday. Shares of the Chinese shipbuilder jumped nearly 4%. The Straits Times Index closed 1.7 higher at 32.90. How's the STI trading this morning? And are we seeing any more of that bullish sentiment, Ryan? All right, let's take a look at where we are for the Straits Times Index. Up 1.5%. So building on yesterday's gains... Now at 3,340. So we are looking at quite a green picture. Um, so if you look at what we have on the STI, right at the top of the list, no surprise, you've got banks. And that is off the back of those interest rate hikes by the Fed. Overnight, we saw US banks like JP Morgan up 4.5%. And so far this morning, UOB leading the way 2.6%. At 32.43, OCBC higher by higher by 2.4% at 12.21, and looking at DBS is up 1.3% at 35.03. dollars and And also joining the top of the list is uh, Judding Matheson Holdings, mm. higher by nearly 5%. And interestingly, today is ex dividend date for Judding Matheson. So. All in, it is quite a green picture. Only three counters in the red, and they are linear drop. ST Engineering down 0.7%, followed by Wilma and Dairy Farm. All right, coming up after a dismal week, things are looking up for Chinese tech stocks in the Hang Seng Index. What's behind that? We discussed all that with Arun Pai. Arun Pai joining me at 10.05. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. 
or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.